0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post-20 Podcast, or welcome for the first time, if it's your first time listening. My name is Evan. I am joined again this week uh, by my co-host, Jeremy. At this point, he is the co-host of the NFL show. He's the only one that's been here for every episode, Um, so he has been granted that title officially. Um, We are here to recap week six and preview week seven, the gambling lines, betting lines, whatever you want to call them, uh, for this show. So I'm going to go ahead and let Jeremy kind of run the show this week. He's going to be the one that recaps the games. But first, uh, I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, how were your slips?
1: Yeah, uh, I had a lot of success this weekend. Um, Vegas uh, picked the right favorites and right underdogs, all the favorites I think except for like two, one. Yep. Um, and I did pick the only two underdogs to win, uh, I had the Jags and the Cowboy, or the Jags and the Raiders parlayed, uh, which was nice. Um, the, all the teams that should have took care of business, the, like the Chiefs, the Packers, um, who else was it on Sunday? Oh, the Rams. They all took care of business. Uh, Cowboys saved me, um, with that nice, uh, pick six there cause they weren't going to cover. But overall, uh, this week was my best week for uh, betting so far in the NFL season. And I know I went 3-for-3 on my locks. I think you also went 2-for-2 on yours, but how did you do?
0: Yeah, so I I did well. Um, I missed a $2,000 parlay by one leg, uh, and then I missed a $1,000 parlay by a leg as well. Uh, The Chargers. That was the only team, that was the only fucking game that I picked wrong this week. Um, in terms of slips, uh, in terms of those long, you know, 15, 16-like parlays that I make myself. Um, I know that if you look at um, what we put out as picks, um, you know, some of those aren't right. But, but when Sunday comes around, and I think we probably all feel this way, sometimes things change. We see signs, we, we you know, lineups change, or we know about injuries, and I, there was a couple things that I switched up Sunday morning. Um, I went for a run uh, on the treadmill and was just thinking, watching ESPN. And I, I switched some things up. And the Chargers were the only team that I picked wrong the entire weekend. I Even yesterday, I had money on the Titans because I thought that there was just too much public money on the Bills. And that seems to be a recurring theme uh, so far this year. Public money has been... Uh very heavily distributed in in typically on one side. I think even last year we saw some more parity. So I've been fading the public and, and it's been pretty profitable for me. Uh I won money this weekend, but man, it would have been nice to hit a 15 legger. I would have never shut the fuck up about that. Uh but the cards won. So, you know, I was I was glad to see that. Touchdown scores I was cold on this week, but won both fantasy matchups. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm ready to uh to get into this week.
1: That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Week 7. I already previewed some of the lines. They don't necessarily look as friendly. No. (laughs) But I think we'll we'll still be able to put together some winners for sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll just get into a quick recap of Week 6, and then we'll move on to our Week 7 picks. So on Thursday night, we did have the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bucs dominated that whole game. They were up 21 points in the third quarter. And then Nick Sirianni with the all-time scumbag analytics backdoor cover to ruin it for Bucks betters everywhere. And then Tom Brady taking three knees on the Eagles' four-yard line just really put morale low to start the week. But then, you know, we made it up in the back end. Mm-hmm. And then for the London Fest, we did have the Jaguars and the Dolphins, which was a much more exciting game than I anticipated going into it. Back and forth the whole time, way more offense than I'm sure most people expected. Jags got away with a nice little game-winning field goal with zero seconds left on the clock, and that kind of just set the tone for uh, my Sunday. I don't know about your Sunday. I don't know if you got in on that 9.30 action at all.
0: Yeah, I did. I I picked it right. I had Jags. Not on the podcast, but uh, the the morning of, I had an SGP that hit.
1: That's beautiful. And then the first 1 p.m. game was my Carolina Panthers uh, and the Vikings. The Vikings and Panthers ended up going into overtime with a nice little uh, fourth-quarter comeback there by the Panthers. Robbie Anderson uh, was dropping a lot of balls uh, early in the game, but then he had a huge play in the fourth. To tie the game and get them to overtime, but then the Panthers did what they always do for me, and they disappointed me and lost the game thirty-four to twenty-eight. Next game is one I know you don't really want to discuss. No, so we'll I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Chargers Ravens. Oh, that was all Ravens all day. Final score was thirty-four to six. Le'Veon Bell got in the end zone. He got involved. It was just all over the place for the Ravens, and the Chargers just did not have anything to respond, which was first time that's happened all year, I believe. I mean, normally their offenses looked electric. I mean, they have so many weapons. Herbert, you know, he's young, so he'll have a bad game like this every once in a while, but I don't expect this to be a continuing trend. I don't know about you.
0: No, I don't. I think this was an off game for them. I think that also... I mean, I'm, I'm a superstitious guy when it comes to betting, and I think I saw too much the morning of. I saw too much Chargers love, and I was like, oh, this is going to go fucking poorly, and I placed the bets anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think the Ravens are 5-1. and one. I don't think that – well, they are 5-1, and one, but I don't think their quality um, is truly represented by that. I don't think that they're that good. Um, I mean, if we look at Lamar's, Lamar's stat line here – It was 167 yards at a touchdown and two bad interceptions. Um, The backfield was split between Devontae Freeman, Lamar running, and Latavius Murray. And, of course, we did say Le'Veon Bell got in there, but... I'm, I'm not super impressed. You know, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown have been getting more involved in recent weeks. But we're going to see. There's going to be a couple weeks here where, where the Ravens fall back down to earth a little bit. I don't necessarily think that they are contenders. I saw somebody say yesterday that the Ravens are going to be in the Super Bowl. I think that's fucking ludicrous. Um, but the Chargers should should be on pace to, to get back after their bye week this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was shitty, man. It was shitty to watch. And, and Staley... He's suspect sometimes. <laughs> I don't necessarily know uh, what kind of plays he's calling, and his fourth down uh, attempts are are strange. But you know, it is what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah, that was that was a strange one, and I agree. I don't think the Ravens are as good as their record currently shows. I think once season starts grinding towards the end here, uh, I don't think they'll be putting up the numbers the way they are currently. But then the next game is one that kind of went as everyone expected. The Rams had. 38 Uh, giants 11 matt stafford looked tremendous out there four touchdowns even had a no look pass i'm sure no one saw it though because patrick mahomes didn't throw it if he threw it everyone would have seen it all day and they'd still be looking at it today on twitter daniel jones looked like old danny dimes he had three interceptions got sacked a couple times giants couldn't really get much going on offense uh Kadarius tony went down with an injury uh, yeah, they just—they're not looking good moving forward whatsoever. The NFC East is kind of gonna be run by the Cowboys. It looks like at this point. Yep. And then, and then moving on to an, another bad game, we had the Colts uh, versus the Texans. Colts took care of business, 31 to three. Jonathan Taylor staying hot, doing his thing, getting touchdowns. Uh, Texans. Still being led by Davis Mills. They, uh, they looked like they were still being led by Davis Mills. So they look bad from here on out. Uh, I don't think we'll be hearing too much about them in the following weeks. A game that people were pretty interested in next was the uh, Chiefs, uh, who have been stalling versus the Washington football team. Game was close. Basically the whole game... Um, a lot closer than the 31-13 to scoreline uh, makes it seem. But then Patrick Mahomes kind of took over in the second half. And some people are saying he saved their season, which I think is a fair statement because if they lose that game, they're in uh, rough shape moving forward. Did you like what you saw from the Chiefs this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just good to see that the Chiefs have the offensive ability to get it going when they absolutely need to. Um, we have seen Pat struggle in recent weeks. Um, if you look at his last 15 games, he has 15 interceptions. So he's averaging an interception, um, per game. And ultimately I think it falls on the O line. Um, and then his defense too. That's, that's what, what the chiefs performances come down to, because I don't think that we can necessarily blame it all on Pat. Um, their secondary is Swiss fucking cheese. And when you go out there as a quarterback, knowing that you have to score 40 to 50 points against a competitive team to come out with a win, it's it's hard man. You're going to throw INTs. You're going to throw interceptions. You're going to turn the ball over and you're going to get fucking hit too because you you're staying in the pocket so long trying to get the ball out to these guys like like Tyreek, right? Who's always going to be out there up there um closer to the end zone and it's it's hard. It's hard for Mahomes. This is different than what he's dealt with in years past. Um people are talking about oh his contract, oh his contract dude he's worth what his contract is I, I promise everybody and has he looked a little fraudulent sure but what good quarterback doesn't have bad games um uh, it was good to see that the chiefs could could come back and beat washington after a really kind of mediocre first half um they're dealing with some injury stuff so we'll see but i think the chiefs are due to get back on pace and i think this was the game that kind of set the tone for the rest of their season i i would hope
1: yeah i agree i think that was Kind of like a get-right game, which we've talked about in the past with other teams. I think they needed to see a good win here moving forward uh, just to get some momentum rolling. Uh, Speaking of Swiss cheese defenses, we had the Packers next taking on the Bears. Um, Packers actually did play good defense for once, um, and they came out with a 24-14 win. Aaron Rodgers was efficient, didn't do too much, threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones did his thing, broke off some big runs. Uh, They kind of just, you know, took care of the Bears from the beginning there. Uh, I mean, Bears didn't have too much to work with. I mean, their backup running back went out with COVID before the game. We don't know if he actually has COVID or if he was just exposed. But Khalil Herbert stepped in and did his job. He had close to 100 yards rushing. But the Packers took care of business, covered the spread, and ended up winning 24-14. And then we have next game, we have the Bengals versus the Lions in the 4 p.m. window, I believe is when that was, and the Bengals put up a bunch of points, 34 points. That's good to see um, if you're a Bengals fan or just a Bengals better, and the Lions had 11 points. With that loss, I would just like to say that that cashed my week one bet that I said Lions to be the last winless team, Um, so if anyone listened to that, you did make money there. Um, I also took the Bengals uh, last Sunday as well, so that was good for me. I mean, that game kind of went, I feel like as people expect, the Lions are bad. The Bengals are not bad, but they're not great, so they should be winning those games easily. Next game was a game I know you're a huge fan of, so I'll let you talk about okay. it more. We had the Cardinals 37 and the Browns 14. What did you think of that game?
0: There was absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Cardinals would be winning this game. I don't think that the Browns have won strand of killer DNA in their entire team body. There's just no way that the Browns are going to get anything done this season or probably anything done in the next 10 years. Is Baker Mayfield a serviceable NFL quarterback? Sure. Is he also injured currently? Yes. Is his receiving core relatively depleted because they're lacking Jarvis Landry? Yes, of course. Who is their number one receiver? Odell Beckham Jr., who I haven't seen have a standout season since 2014 or 15. I can't even remember. Yeah, that's their guy. That's his. That's his one guy. They're missing Chubb. Kareem Hunt got injured in this game. I knew the cards would come out. I knew Kyler would be would be in charge of pretty much calling his own plays. And from what we've seen, you know, so far this season from Kyler Murray, what is telling us that he's not capable of calling his own plays? What's telling us that he's not in control of his team in terms of an off- in an offensive sense? There's not. There's no evidence that he's not in control. And he has been fantastic, and he has been fraudulent in the past, sure. But this, this we said, you know, Zach said in, in one of our fan or in our group chats, if Kyler beats the Browns, he graduates from fraud school, and I think he's truly graduated. I mean, this guy's a fucking stud. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of penalties in this game that I think kind of helped the Cards um, get get that lead. It was uh, I think it was a fourteen nothing lead. I forget. Um, no, so, so they they were up seven seven zero at the end of the first quarter, they put up sixteen in the second, but the Browns started to come back in the second, but ultimately the Browns lost steam. Um, so I just think that this was an amazing game from Kyler, 229 yards with four touchdowns and the Browns just don't have enough to, uh, to keep up. And, and I'm not expecting anything from the Browns. You guys got to start believing in the Cardinals. There's no fucking reason that they should have been underdogs in this game. And I hope that you guys bet it because you would have won a sizable amount of money on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's fucking go cards, dude. I'm, I'm all over it.
1: Yeah, they look good. Them and the Rams, uh, same division, but I think they're my two favorites uh, in the NFC for sure. Yeah, and then next team in the 4 p.m. window, one that was closer than uh, I'm sure most envisioned, definitely way closer than I envisioned, uh, was the Cowboys. Pats. Cowboys uh, ended up winning on that pick six in overtime, and uh, Mac Jones was laying flat on his back. Uh, looking like a meme. I'm sure we'll be seeing that here in the weeks to come. Um, But he looked good. I mean, he kept him in the game. It was a competitive game. Cowboys offense, as we know, though, is just dynamite. And Trayvon Diggs, he did get burned a couple times, but he did, you know, seal the game doing what he does. And he now has as many touchdowns as his brother, uh, Stefan, or is it cousin or brother? I can't remember. But either way, they now both have two touchdowns, which is kind of funny because they play on opposite sides of the ball. Yeah, Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, so so here's the thing I think that we have to talk about um, Trevon Diggs. He was a receiver. So uh, the reason that he gets toasted by other receivers is because he's more worried about catching the ball than playing the man. And that's why you get this Feaster fan. That's why he has so many pick sixes and interceptions in general. He's just worried about catching the ball. And I think we're going to see that. Um, he's a great playmaker for sure. But – his reliability as a corner in general is kind of suspect um, because he is getting toasted and he may he may get a better grasp on the routes that these guys are running and start to play the player instead of the ball Um, but then I don't know if he's going to be as much of a ball hawking you know interceptions pick six guy so uh, that's something to keep your eye on I think um, if you're a Cowboys fan or you're just an admirer of their defense Um, but the Cowboys defense isn't it's not as good as people are saying. I mean, to let the Pats score 29 points on you is suspect at suspect at, at, at best. Um, but but yeah, Trevon Diggs is a fantastic athlete in a fantastic corner, but um, he needs to learn a little bit how to not get so toasted on some of these routes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm sure that's not the easiest transition to make, especially when you don't make it until uh, college there. But, you know, he's still... Grabbing, grabbing some picks, getting some touchdowns, doing his job for them there for sure. The next game um, was probably one of my favorite bets of the week. Uh, we had the Broncos, Raiders. The Raiders were the underdogs, um, but the Raiders did come away with a 34-24 victory. Their offense got back on track. No John Gruden, new, new coaching there. Um, but they still got the job done, won by 10 points. The Broncos... Like we said, we've said in the past, they're serviceable. They're not great. They'll beat the bad teams, but then when they do face, you know, some better competition, I don't really think that they have the weapons to compete. I mean, yes, they do have the highest-paid defense in the league, but I mean, when your defense is on the field most of the game, they are going to give up some points. So we'll see how they look moving forward. I mean, they do have Teddy back, who did play pretty well. Um, I think he did throw an interception or two. But he did throw for uh, like 350 yards, which is a lot more than you normally expect out of Teddy Bridgewater, especially with him typically being a game manager for most of his career. But they'll still be a middle-of-the-pack team, and I do think the Raiders are also going to be a middle-of-the-pack team, but they are just, you know, slightly better than the Broncos. Mm -hmm. But that rounds out our 4 p.m. and 4.25 p.m. window. Moving on to the Sunday night game, um, which was closer than I anticipated. Um, It was a good game, but it was Steelers-Seahawks. The Steelers walked away with a 23-20 victory. Najee Harris was once again the workhorse. He didn't get a ton going on the ground, but he did get 24 touches on the ground. He scored a touchdown. You know, He kind of just did what he's been doing all season for them. And they they scraped away a narrow victory there from the Seahawks. If you had Steelers minus 5.5, I'm sure you're not thrilled. But they did come away with a victory. And then finally, yesterday, we had the game that we talked about a little bit here at the beginning. Uh, we had the Bills versus the Titans. Bills were the favorites. The Bills uh, are the public's favorite. It seems like every, every week people are always, you know, putting all their money on the Bills. Um, but the Titans came back from their fraudulent ways of the beginning of the season and scraped out a narrow 34-31 victory. The Bills, with interesting play call there at the end of the game, 4th and 1, they could have went for the game-tying field goal, but they went from a shotgun to a direct snap to Josh Allen slipping and falling short of the first down line. I don't necessarily have any issues with the call. Uh, well, necessarily going for it, but I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the play call itself um, You don't really give your team your weapons a lot of chances There's kind of just like do you win the upfront battle? I would have liked to see them, you know, maybe just stay in that shotgun Let Josh Allen try to make a play because you know if he has to scramble from the shotgun He can still get you one yard, but you kind of put all your eggs um, In one basket there hoping your line was going to win that upfront push, which sadly they did not Um, and they ended up losing that game to the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry. He had that beautiful 76 or 74-yard run in the first quarter, although there were two holding calls on A.J. Brown and Julio Jones that should have been called that were not called, but, you know, that's kind of just football for you. But, yeah, so the Titans rounded out the uh, Week 6 slate with a three-point win over the Bills, 34-31. And now I guess we'll move on to our – our week 7 lineup in our beds there Evans, you can take it away from here.
0: All right, so week 7, we have the week opening up with Broncos at Cleveland Browns. Uh Broncos are currently 3-point <clears throat> dogs. So we have the Browns on the money line at -174 and you got -118 uh, as 3-point favorites. Home game for for the Browns. So if you think about it this way, um you have the Browns kind of opening up even. Now I don't think the Broncos are all that good. Um, I think that I'm 100% on the Browns in this game. Um, I don't know what Baker's status is. I know that they're going to be using their um, third string running back because Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb are out. Uh, but but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Browns. The Broncos looked absolutely abysmal against a Raiders team who I don't think are as good as the Browns. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead, ride with Stefanski and Baker, and, and go with uh,
1: Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple, too. I think the Browns are a better football team. Yeah, they're depleted at a lot of offensive positions, but like I said, you know, so are the Broncos. And with that being said, I still think the Browns have a more balanced team. They got some better weapons, uh, the few weapons they do have. So, yeah, I'm going to ride with you there. I'm going to go Browns minus three. And I would consider the money line. Uh, maybe if you can find another uh, favorite that you like somewhere later in the week on Sunday, you know, just parlay them together, get a little plus plus money parlay going, just a little two-legger, and I think that would be a good look too. But yeah, uh, I'm going to ride with the Browns, minus three with you.
0: Cool. Up next, we have the first 1 p.m. game of the week. We have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals are currently six-point dogs. Um, I don't know how I feel about this game, to be honest with you. I can't give you a definitive answer right now. Um, I think I like the over, to be honest, the over is 47 and a half. Um, that might be a little high. I'm leaning towards it, but I'm actually going to lean back the way that I just came from. Um, and I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens on the money line at minus two sixty. This is probably good for, for just a, a long parlay. If you're looking for long odds, um, I don't think the Bengals can get it done right now. Uh, against the Ravens, I know the Ravens are streaking. Uh, they are five and one, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Ravens. I just don't think the Bengals are experienced enough, so Bengals money line or uh Ravens money line for me,
1: yeah, I agree with you. This is kind of a weird one, um, and probably one that I'll be looking to stay away from yeah for uh, sure. in the one one window because I'm sure there's some better lines you can find on some different games. But um, if I did have to pick something from this game, uh, like you said, I do like the over the Bengals do have the weapons to put up some points. Um, and as we've seen, the Ravens are going to continue to give you at least 20 something a game. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to take the over as my pick for the Bengals Ravens game.
0: Okay. That sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that's probably safe. I just, for some reason, 47 and a half. I mean, we looked at what the, what the game finished at last week. I think those are two more high powered offenses um, or not. You know, the game that happened last night is what I meant to say. And I, I want to stay away from it now. But, okay. Uh, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the New York Giants. That's another 1 p.m. game. This game is, where is this? At uh, MetLife? Panthers yes, it is. Okay, so Panthers go to MetLife. Currently, three-point favorites. I think that that's a ludicrous line. They looked really good in the second half against the Vikings last week. I think Darnold is, you know, slowly coming back from the poor week he had Um, before last week, and I think that the Panthers actually win. Um, I would like to take them on the money line, though. I don't want to touch that three-point flat spread. Uh, I don't need a push in my life right now. I'm going to take Panthers' money line at minus 148.
1: Yeah, uh, for once, this is a game I'm going to be all over. Normally, I try to stay clear of betting Panthers games, Um, but I do think that minus three is just way too generous for playing a depleted Giants team. Um, I'm going to be all over both the Panthers' minus three as well as the money line on that game.
0: All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that seems like a no-brainer. Hopefully that doesn't come back and bite us. Okay, we have the Washington football team versus the Green Bay Packers up next. Wow. Football team travel to Lambeau where they look to knock off a Packers team who has been surging since week one. I am not a believer in the Washington football team anymore. Um, I have given up the ghost. I am no longer uh, rooting for them to do anything. I think that they are fraudulent as they come kind of off the Heineken train as well. So Packers, while they are 9.5, and and I think that's a really, really, really large spread and that they they may not cover that, I do think that they win in convincing fashion. I'm going to take Packers minus 5.5. I'm all over the 5.5 lines these days because I just— there's so many missed field goals, it's fucking disgusting. So I'm taking Packers minus 5.5 at, at minus at 185. That's an alt spread. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of on the same page as you there. If you would have asked me in the beginning of the season, um, if I liked the football team, I was all over them. I thought they had some good pieces uh, to move forward with. But their defense, dude, like we said, it's just not been, you know, the Washington football defense of the past couple years. Um, and you know Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. You know they're back doing what they do best. So with that being said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna straight up take the Packers minus nine and a half, and that's definitely a line that I will be working into a teaser. That's gonna be a perfect line for a teaser this week, come Sunday. But for now, just put me down for Packers minus nine and a half.
0: All right, and I do think that the Packers are due for a super explosive week where that you know they put up fifty 60 points, not sixty but maybe fifty like i I do think that that they're they're due for a week where they just batter a team and Washington seem like a prime candidate for that right now, so okay, we have the so Overs in play by the way uh Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tennessee Titans. Wow, this is probably the game of the week. Can't believe it's 1 p.m. It's going to be one of the featured games. I'm sure it'll be on uh, CBS or Fox. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this game. I was on the Titans last night against the Bills, but that was just because the juice um, was all over the Titans. I think the distribution is going to be or on the Bills. I think the distribution of money is going to be different this week. I think people are going to be riding high on the Titans now, uh, even though the Chiefs are the favorites. And I'm, I'm going to go with Chiefs minus 5.5. I love it. Um, I'm all over it. I think they come out. I think Patty slings the ball. Chiefs lost so many guys on uh, their secondary last night. Uh, Just so many injuries. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare. They're not going to have Julio for this game. He re-injured his hamstring, much to my fantasy team's dismay. Um, And I just think that Chiefs minus 5.5 is an absolute fucking lock. So I'm going to go ahead and take that at minus 115.
1: Yep, I'm all over the favorites. Uh In this game, I do like the Chiefs, uh, Titans, like you said, depleted. And A.J. Brown didn't do much in the first half yesterday. Yeah, he got rolling a little bit in the second half, but that was mainly because, I mean, the Bills had no choice but to just strictly commit to stopping Derrick Henry. I don't think the Titans are as good of a team as the Chiefs, and so I'll be taking the Chiefs minus 5.5 as well in that game. And I could see that line moving up to 6.5 come Sunday.
0: Yeah, I can too, 100% okay so get it in now guys if you're really looking at it that that point is valuable right now we have the atlanta falcons taking on the miami dolphins next another 1 p.m game wow the falcons are only a two and a half point favorite i like what i've seen out of the falcons the past couple weeks i absolutely well they were did they have a buy this week was it the falcons oh, yeah, that had a bye? yeah
1: they were by this week after playing in London last week.
0: Okay, so so we didn't see them, we didn't get to see them play this week. They've had a week of rest. They've had a week off to practice. Um, And they're coming off a really good result in London. So, for me, I think that the Falcons are a deserved two-and-a-half point favorite. I love it. I'm all over it. Tua looked terrible for the Dolphins. Absolutely abysmal. He sucks. I cannot believe he's the starting quarterback there. It is disgusting and sad for that franchise. I am hammering the fuck out of Falcons minus two-and-a-half. I absolutely love it.
1: Yep, I've been all over the uh, fade the Dolphins, fade the Broncos, fade the Niners this season. That's kind of been a decent strategy, it seems, um, just because Vegas uh, has been a little too friendly with those teams' lines, in my opinion. I do think the Falcons win this game. Um, I think there's good value in the money line at only minus 142, so I think that's probably where I'll be sticking my money, is just the uh, money line at minus 142. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think I think those two are interchangeable. I mean, you're giving yourself a two and a half point buffer if you just take the money line with with only a difference of thirty points in odds. That's that's probably smart. I'm just gonna be a jackass and take the the spread. Okay, we have the New York Jets taking on the New England Patriots next. Another flat seven line. I hate it. Jets are a seven point underdog to the Pats at Fox, bro. Um pats i mean i don't like seven i don't like seven for them i know the jets are kind of hard to get a read on sometimes but i think they come out and absolutely stink it up here i'm not going to take pats minus seven i'm going to take um pats minus five and a half which is currently uh minus 150 so really nice odds there i'm gonna i'm gonna alt spread that and, and take pats
1: minus five and a half oh there we go um uh yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, Bill Belichick does have a history of just you know murdering the Jets, um, just because the Jets have always been the Jets and the Pats have always been good um, since he's been there. Ah, this is just like two bad football teams. Yeah. Um, but the Patriots are the better football team. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna alt down with you. Uh, give me a minus five and a half. This game really could end up going either way. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend if you're betting heavy on any of the 1 p.m. games, do not choose this one. Um, you know, some better lines that we've already discussed. But yeah, if you are looking for a play, definitely make it on the Pats. Um, so yeah, I'll ride Pats minus five and a half with you.
0: All right, first 4 p.m. game, uh, first game of the 4 p.m. window rather. We have the Detroit Lions opening up as 15 and a half point underdogs against the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. I mean, this is one of the most insane lines I've seen in recent time. Uh, Jared Goff heads back to L.A. to take on his beloved uh, former lover, the Los Angeles Rams, at SoFi Stadium. I just don't even know what to think about this. 15.5 is an obscene, obscene amount of points. I'm going to alt it down. I do think that the Rams fucking beat the shit out of them. Um. But I, I'm not taking it at I'm not taking it at 15 and a half. I'm alting it down to Rams minus nine and a half, um, at minus two ten. I just don't see uh, I just don't see them winning by 16 points. I think that Goff does try and make it competitive here. Uh, so I'm gonna take Rams minus nine and a half. That's that's what I like. That's minus two ten, by the way. So you could throw this into a teaser too, um, but just for safety to to kind of pick things right, I'm gonna take Rams minus nine and a half. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we got, you know, Matt Stafford taking on his old team um, at his new team's facility. They're brand new, beautiful stadium. Hopefully no lightning delays this week. Um, But, I mean, 15 and a half is a lot, a lot of points. Definitely, this is definitely a line that I will strictly be putting in a teaser um, come Sunday when I'm actually, well, come later in the week when I'm finalizing my bets. Um. But, you know, just for the sake of me loving the Rams this year and loving Matt Stafford and, you know, the way they're playing, I'm just going to, you know, take them straight up at minus 15.5. Hopefully they come out play offense and, you know, their defense continues to shine. Um, So, yeah, just give them to me minus 15.5, and and I'll hope for the best. Although, come Sunday, that's definitely going to be something that you want to put in a teaser only.
0: Yeah, do, do not bet that line straight up. I mean, if, if you win it and bet it, great. But I have no respect for you as a gambler if you're betting a 15.5-point spread. It's absolutely fucking moronic. Use your brain. Uh, if you're listening to this, I know none of you have the money to be betting a 15.5-point spread. So come on, guys. Be smart. Uh, put it in a teaser. We have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the LA Raiders up next this game at Allegiant Stadium, the new stadium in Las Vegas, has the Eagles heading there as a 3-point underdog. Now, something is telling me this week that the Eagles win. I don't know what it is. Uh there's literally no there's no anything. There's no signs, I haven't gotten signs, I haven't heard voices. I'm just feeling an Eagles win. Um I think that they're due for a win after a couple really weird like covery strange performances um and i i just think that that eagles win this one they're plus 150 on the money line i can see the over being in play here too uh over's currently at 49 i think it's going to be high powered uh but yeah i think Hertz has a good game i think he actually hits his targets this game and and i think that we're gonna get some runs for miles sanders so i'm gonna take uh i'm gonna take eagles plus 150 and hurts rushing touchdown
1: yeah i do hate the eagles Yep. Um, not so much their team, but a lot of the fan base. Me too. Because um, they're a little delusional. <laughs> um, but I, I do think they're the better football team, to be honest, um, between the two. Um, so, strictly for that reason, I mean, I am going to have to take a money line. There's always one or two close dogs so far this season. That, you know, end up pulling it out uh, come Sunday. And I think the Eagles could be that team this week. That, you know, just slight underdogs but they come out and, you know, make a statement and win the game. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'll ride. You know what? I'm going to ride with the Eagles' money line. I do think the over is in play. um, Especially because the Eagles, you know, linebacking core has not looked good this year. They've been letting up a lot of stuff through the middle. Um, so the over is definitely in place. So you know what? I'm gonna go with the Eagles money line, and I'm also gonna take the over in that game.
0: Yeah, okay. I I 100% agree. I think that the over is a fucking lock. Um, and we can see that line change too. So we'll have to see. Okay, we're gonna move on to the Chicago Bears taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Bears are a terrible, terrible football team. The Bucks open up as a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, in Tampa Bay, Saint St. Raymond, Saint James, or whatever the fuck the stadium's called um i i don't like this game um to be honest with you something stinks about it i don't really want to touch the all it's spread i'm gonna go ahead and just take the over at 47 and a half i can 100 percent see it happening uh i think fields has a strangely good game for some reason something's telling me that's gonna happen So i'm gonna take over 47 and a half and, and just stay away from the spread because who the fuck knows honestly um the last game we had from the Bucks, like Len- Leonard Fournette had an unbelievable game. It, it just none of it made sense. So I'm gonna go ahead and take uh take over forty seven and a half total.
1: Yeah. Um I'm gonna have to differ from you on this one. we have been pretty similar the whole time. Um I'm gonna go I'm taking the under on the Bears team total points. Um, it's currently at 17 flat. I'd love to see it get to 17 and a half, but you don't I'm not 100 percent sure that's gonna happen. Um, so I'm gonna take the under on the Bears team total at 17 there. I don't know if Damian Williams will be playing. Um obviously David Montgomery isn't playing for the foreseeable future. Um, and I just don't know if they'll be able to get it done against a, uh, a very good Buccaneers defense. So I'm going to take the uh, Chicago Bears team total under 17.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, that's not a bad bet. I honestly just think that the Bucs could put up 45 points. <laughs> And, and I think that, that it's it's possible for for the Bears to at least you know score touchdown a couple field goals that's that's why I'm with the under but this is a gambling game I, I don't I probably won't touch it come uh, come Sunday but we'll have to see okay uh, Houston Texans taking on the Arizona Cardinals the Cardinals are a 17 and a half point favorite again dude I don't want to bet a 17 and a half point spread this is the week that watch they won't cover that um, so I I'm telling you right now, again, don't touch it. Um, I don't like the over or the under either, to be honest with you. I'm gonna take a fucking touchdown score. Um, I'm taking Hopkins touchdown. I just, I absolutely hate um everything else. So the odds on that aren't gonna be great, but it's probably gonna be safe enough to throw into a parlay. Um, I'm gonna take Hopkins TD. I don't even know what the odds are. I can't find him yet.
1: Yeah, I do like that. I definitely, I agree. I think I'm gonna go with the touchdown score in this game too. Um, at 17.5 is a lot of points, man. Yeah, it's dumb. That is just astronomical. Honestly, like if you were looking to tease someone, you could tease the Texans up to 25 points, and you can just pray that they cover that. To be honest. Yep. But um, I'm I'm gonna to go with the touchdown score, and I'm gonna go Kyler and hope you know he scampers on in. I could definitely see that happening. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Kyler touchdown.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that too. Um he didn't score this week, so he's probably due for a rushing uh next week. I I really like that. Okay, we'll go ahead and move on. We're in the home stretcher. We have two more games left. The Indianapolis Colts take on the San Francisco forty ers on Sunday, eight twenty one. I I don't know. This game stinks. I'm on the Colts. I'm gonna take Colts. Uh, I'm going to alt down. I'm going to take Colts plus seven and a half. I actually think they win this game, to be honest with you. Uh, The Niners stink. I'm going to take Colts plus seven and a half at minus 185. I think they keep it super close. Yep, um,
1: I'm going to... Pretty much with you on that one there. I'm going to be taking the Colts' money line, um, and I most certainly will be using that plus 3.5 to uh, close out one of my Sunday teasers because then I can get it up to you know maybe plus 10, plus 11, depending on if I do 6.5 or 7.5 points. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to ride the Colts' money line. I think they have enough talent to win this game. Yeah, the Niners are coming off a bye, so they should be rested, but they still have so much dysfunction there with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk literally not even being an NFL player this year. He's just kind of on the team. George Kittle's still injured. So, yeah, I'm taking the Colts' money line.
0: Cool. Um, okay, sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and move on into that final game of the week. We have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Saints are currently a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I like it. I saw what I needed to see from the Seahawks last week. I don't think they're going to win many games while Russ is not under center. So I'm going to go ahead and take Saints minus five and a half. They're coming off a week of rest. I think they look good. I think Jameis has been coached a little bit more this week. Um, and I just think that they come out ready to rock and fire. Uh, we're going to see Michael Thomas back in the next couple weeks too. So I'm sure they're going to be looking forward to that. And, and I'm going to take the Saints minus five and a half. I just think it it's it's good value. And, you know, as you guys know, I really like that
1: that five and a half point line for all games. Okay, I'm going to differ from you on this one. I think both the primetime uh, games uh Sunday and Monday could see the underdogs come away with it. Um, my only thought process for that was Geno Smith didn't look bad his first game. Um, and I know we don't think the Steelers are very good, but I do think they're a better team than the Saints currently, just based on you know the talent they have on both sides of the ball. Um, and the Seahawks played the Steelers tight. Um, so I'm going to be taking the Seahawks plus 5.5 as well as the Seahawks money line.
0: Okay, fair enough. So you're going to take Hawks plus five and a half and the money line. Lovely. Cool. Alrighty. And that leads us to the final section of our show, our locks of the week. This show is going to clock in just under 45 minutes. So we ran through it nice and quick for you guys. It'll be um, very digestible for you. Jeremy, do you have your lock, locks or lock of the week ready or shall I wait?
1: Uh, if you would like to go first, just to give me a sec here, uh, yep. just to scroll through and decide what I think is best here.
0: You got it. So my lock of the week is a four team parlay. Now you can put these in separately. I would probably advise putting it in separately. Um, I am going to take, you know, it, it's not a 14 parlay. It's a three team parlay. We're going to take Panther's money line Falcons minus two and a half and Browns minus three. That puts you at plus 481 as a three-legged parlay. Fantastic value. If you wager $50, you're going to win 240. If you win wager $25, you're going to win 120. So this is all 1 p.m. games. It puts you in a really good position if you want to have some more money to bet on 4 p.m. games. And I really just don't see any way that it misses. I love it. I'm all over it. The Giants suck fucking dolphins suck and the broncos kind of suck and are frauds so this is where i stand uh once again panthers money line falcons two and a half browns minus three and we have uh we have plus 481 on the three-leg parlay for you
1: all right my locks are very similar my number one lock for the week is going to be the panthers money line um i think they get it the job done against the giants sam darnold Uh, Looked way better in the second half than he did, you know, the uh, prior three halves uh, before that leading back to the game uh, last week. Um, So that's my number one lock of the week. And then my two and three um, in no particular order, uh, Brown's money line. And then I like the Colts money line. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a lock of the week, but the, the value I think you get is what makes it a must bet, in my opinion, plus 164. Um, so if you did want to do the three-leg parlay there um, you get plus 596 thanks to the Colts being plus 164 but I'll also be taking them all separately so I'm going Browns money line Panthers money line Colts money line those are my three games that I think have the best value on this weekend
0: all right cool Panthers Browns Colts money line we got a three-leg money line parlay putting you at plus 596 I mean these odds are fantastic. You guys should bet with us this week. We did
1: well last week,
0: Jeremy, especially.
1: Um, okay. Do you have anything else for these guys before we close things out here? Uh, yeah, no, Um, just, you know, be tuning in. And if you are tuning in, make sure you do listen and take some of the picks that we advise. I know we pick picks for every game, but we do go out and tell you which ones we think are our favorite and which ones we are just kind of taking flyers on. If you listened, our best bets of the week the last couple weeks i mean you'd be up a sizable amount of units or however you bet you know whether you're a unit better or just you know a straight dollar amount better um you would be up some good money so i think you should probably you know listen decide what you think uh you have that aligns with what we have and definitely you know tail some of these picks if you're looking to make some money this weekend
0: for sure so i want to thank you guys once more for tuning in to the show. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming on. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod, Twitter, Instagram primarily, uh, and check us out where podcasts can be found, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and of course, SoundCloud. Thank you guys so much for listening to the week six review, week seven preview, and we'll see y'all next week. Take care now.